Hey, what's going on guys? Captain Carlos here with Marea Gear. So today we're going to be talking bottom fishing. More importantly, snapper and grouper. Probably the top two fish on any bottom fish angler's agenda, okay? Uh, we're going to go over the rods, the reels, the line, the tackle, the techniques, the positioning, a little bit of everything. Uh, so without further ado, we'll dive right into it. Um, so I grew up fishing down here in South Florida. Um, I've been very fortunate to kind of fish all over the state and even over in the Bahamas targeting, you know, a lot of these snapper and grouper. And I can honestly say that we have some of the best bottom fishing on the globe. Okay. Um, just awesome fish to, to target. You know, they fight like crazy. They taste amazing. Okay. And the colors on a lot of these fish are just incredible. So without further ado, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the setup, you know, the typical setup that I like to use. I've got a Daiwa Saltiga 50 conventional reel. It's not a 50 wide trolling reel. Okay. It's a 50 conventional, which is a lot smaller. All right. Uh, it holds about 350 yards of 30 pound monofilament although I've got it packed with 40 pound braided line uh, I like using the the tough line the Daiwa J braid or Gamma Torque those are my my top three right now and I like using the braid because it cuts through the water um, you know very quickly and you it's super sensitive you can just feel everything um, so I'm loading that reel with 40 pound okay I've got it matched up to an eight foot custom conventional rod. Uh, the rods, uh, I think it's a gator glass blank, but it's it's got a, a lot of backbone in it. It's also got a fast action tip, and more importantly than anything, it's got quality components. Um, I've got Fuji silicone carbide guides on the rod and a heavy duty, you know, Fuji reel seat on it, um, which, you know, helps reduce some of the strain on the tackle, um, meaning, you know, the rod itself. Uh, Keep in mind, we're using braided line, and a lot of this these braided lines have similar properties to, like, Kevlar. So, you know, it's going to wear your equipment down if you don't have good quality components. So make sure when you go to pick out the rod that it's got good quality, you know, stuff built into it. Um, so that's the setup. I like running a 50 to 80 foot top shot of 40 to 50 pound mono. Um, that just gives it a little bit of, of shock absorption. So if you hook into a, like a nice grouper and he's running you along the bottom, um, that's less likely to pop than the braided line directly to your leader. Uh, it gives you kind of like a, you know, a little barrier there. Um, and then on the leader end, we're using a 6 to 10 foot leader of 50 to 80 pound. Um, if you can downsize all the way down to 40 or 30 uh, when you're snapper fishing, wouldn't be a bad idea. And that's really going to be dictated by the water clarity and how spooky the fish are. You know, when I've been mutton fishing uh, in the Keys or over in the Bahamas and the fish are a little spooky uh, in shallower water, I have to downsize. So keep that in mind. Um, and then vice versa. If you're going after grouper in deeper water or where there's more structure in the area, more rocks, sea fans, you know, coral heads, what, what have you, um, then bump up your leader. Uh, regardless, your, your setup, as far as the actual rig goes, you're going to be using a, just a, a little slip sinker rig or they call it a Carolina rig. 
Um, it's just a, an egg sinker, you know, above the swivel where, where that connects to your leader. Um, and then that egg sinker is going to vary anywhere between six ounces to 16 ounces. That's really going to also be dictated by the depth of water, how hard the current's pushing, uh, you know, a couple of those factors. On the other end, your business end, the size hook is going to also vary depending on the species you're targeting. If you're going after like bigger yellowtail, uh, mangroves, some smaller muttons, stuff like that, you're going to go anywhere from a, a 4.0 to like a 6.0. And then if you're going to go into the, the bigger muttons or grouper range, uh, then you go from 7.0 to 9.0, something like that. Uh, the style of hook I like to use, um, I like the live bait hooks, the little short shanks. I've done real well with those, like the Mustad 9175 Black Nickels or VMC. I'm not sure what model number it is, but it's very similar to that of the Mustad. Um, They've just got a, a great bend to them. Very traditional short shank, uh, and they work. I, I also use the um, the Gamakatsu inline circle hooks. Those work very well. You know, if we're fishing the Gulf, you know, you got to use circle hooks over there. So, um, yeah, just you know, choose your hook size according to your bait size and what you're targeting, pretty much. So. Um, that's the rig when you're bait fishing, you know, fishing live bait or dead bait. Now, let's talk a little bit about the, um, you know, the difference between fishing live bait versus dead bait. I'm a big fan of fresh dead bait. I always have been. Um, since I learned many years ago from a couple buddies of mine that were captains in the Keys, um, that, in my opinion, outfishes a live bait any day for the most part, if you're comparing the two. Uh, a lot of these fish are scent-driven for the most part, so if they smell it, and they'll they'll come a-running, pretty much. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Uh, as far as the type of baits you want to be using, goggle eyes, uh, threadfin herring, speedos, sardines, mullet, pinfish. Um, I've even used a lot of bycatch, you know, if you catch a little blue runner, or a, a little jack or whatever, uh, you know, I'll cut up a, a fresh piece of that. And a lot of times that'll outfish whatever else you got in the boat because it's fresher. Whatever you got that is the most fresh, that's what you want to be using. Um, if you're fishing live bait, look at, uh, you know, the similar species, you know, goggle eyes, pinfish, sardines, pilchards, anything like that, you should be fine and uh, stay connected to these fish. And then I want to talk to you about another tactic that works very well, sometimes even better than fishing bait, in my opinion. Um, so within the last few years, I've really gotten into slow jigging. It's a technique um, kind of spawned off speed jigging, which was a craze that kind of launched about 20 years ago, um, using these lead jigs or metal jigs and just bouncing them off the bottom and then ripping them back, you know, in a very erratic action. Catching a, you know, a variety of different fish, not just bottom fish. You can catch tuna, dolphin, wahoo, you know, all kinds of stuff with them. Um, but the guys that were catching, you know, bottom fish, they just, they used that technique and kind of kept the jig near the bottom, you know, off the, just off the bottom and within the first 15 to 20 feet, you know. Uh, but this slow jigging concept is kind of reversing it. Okay, and then you're using a little bit different tackle. 
Um, so the tackle you want to use is, it's a rod that almost looks like a bass rod, to be honest. I mean, it's super lightweight, uh, but it's made out, a lot of these are made out of Torre carbon. You know, it's a carbon developed overseas in Japan and Asia. Um, very, very high quality stuff. I mean, it's, it's got incredible lifting power. Uh, so you can lift like literally a Volkswagen with a lot of these, you know, these rods. Um, and then most of them have a traditional, you know, spiral wrap or acid wrap, whatever you want to call it, um, where the, uh, the bottom guide, you know, lays on a conventional rod lays, you know, upward, but then starts to turn at a 45, um, as it goes towards the tip. And then it actually ends up looking kind of like a spinning rod. And the reason they do that is that so that the line, when you have a lot of pressure and you're loaded, you know, the rod's loaded up with a fish, it never touches the blank. The line will never touch the blank, which is, I mean, it's a great design. Um, and then, you know, you, you want to match that rod up with a, just a little conventional reel. Uh, I like using the, again, I'm a Daiwa guy, so these little Saltigas and the the 10, the 15, and the 20 sizes are like perfect. Uh, they'll hold, you know, about 400 yards of 20 to 30 pound braided line. Um, on the heavier end, you know, you might want to bump it up to 40 or 50 pound braid, but I like to fish as light a light uh, line as I can because, especially if I'm deep jigging, uh, you know, I don't want to have that big bow in the line. You want to eliminate that bow and you want to have as much of a vertical presentation as you can. And by fishing lighter line, you're, it's going to enable you to do that. Um, so a lot of these rods also have micro guides on them. Okay. Like smaller guides. Cause keep in mind, you know, like I said, these rods look like almost like a bass rod. So you want to, when you, connect your, uh, your leader, you know, to these, these, you know, this jig setup, you want to make sure you tie a knot that is extremely low profile. And if you are going to get into this, you need to look into the FG knot. That's one of the most popular knots out there. Um, by far one of the, the lowest profile knots out there. It takes a little bit of time to get it, but it's not, it's not too bad. Uh, so look into that and not just for this. I mean, if you guys, you know, snook and tarpon fish or, you know, anywhere where you're just doing a lot of, uh, braid to, you know, leader connections, monofilament or fluorocarbon, it's a great knot to know, but that's pretty much, um, you know, the, the setup for slow pitching. Uh, the other component is the, the, the actual jig. Okay. There's a variety of style of jigs that you can use. Um, ranging from uh, a f- kind of a flat fall style jig where it has a lot of flutter to something that kind of gets to the bottom a lot quicker, you know, in deeper water or more current. And that's all going to range depending on the conditions. So you want to have a few different variety uh, jigs in your box if you're going to get into this. Um, I'm a big fan of like the cranky style jigs, uh, C4 con- Control makes some some of the the top of the line jigs you know overseas, and uh, the cranky, the Rector, um, the uh, the other brand that I actually really like too, and I guess it's kind of a knockoff is the Ocean Cats. 
Uh, I've done real well with those, but um, regardless of which one you pick, you want to pick a range, you know, in the, the actual weight of the jig that's going to be conducive to the area that you're fishing. So if you're fishing on an average of 100 to 400 feet, you want to you wanna use a jig that's 100 to 400 grams. That's usually how it goes. Um, my go-to weight right now is about 200 grams. You know, I catch a lot of fish on, the, on that, that weight. And it's not just one jig. You know, I'm using a couple different styles depending on the conditions. Uh, as far as color selection goes, stick to colors that are kind of natural. Something that looks like a squid, uh, maybe a bait fish, you know, a sardine, um, you know, a pilchard something like that. I do like to have a little bit of glow in it. I think that makes a big difference, especially when you're fishing depths of more than, you know, a couple hundred feet where you don't have much light, you know, the, the visibility kind of goes, that glow is going to help them, you know, locate it quicker, you know, these fish locate it quicker. So, um, we're going to talk about positioning now just for a minute. Uh, so when you, go out there and you're trying to target these fish, how do you start? Okay. So you would start by turning on your plotter. Okay. Or having a map, you know, a chart and looking for pinnacles, you know, like edges, bottom, you know, good bottom, uh, good cheese. That's what I like to call it. You're looking for good cheese. Um, that's where these fish are going to live, you know, wherever there's good bottom, good contours, and also look for current. If there's no current, you need to move. Okay. That is a huge factor. Any great bottom fisherman will tell you if you don't got current, you need to move and find, find some current. You don't have to find raging current, but there's the water needs to be moving period. Okay. Um, look for good bottom, look for good current, position the boat up current of the area that you locate. Okay. Like when I say up current, a good ways, and it's going to vary on the speed of your drift, you know, and, and the position. But uh, if it's raging pretty good, you're going to want to set up maybe half a mile, you know, up current. Um, because by the time your actual jig or your bait settles in, then you'll be on the spot. So, you know, take that into consideration. Uh, don't rush when you're out there. Like, spend an extra minute getting dialed in because that's going to make the difference between you staying connected with these fish regularly or missing them by 10 feet each time, okay? Um, that's pretty much it, okay? Uh, I hope you guys learned something here. If you did, please, you know, let us know. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Check out our YouTube channel. Uh, we're trying to put up as much content there as we can to, to help out. And God bless. Thanks again.